Hi everyone, welcome back to Chat Shit, Get Fit, Chat with PTs. This is a series where we chat with a wide range of health professionals about a wide range of topics, hoping to entertain and educate along the way. This week, me and Tom cross the pond and speak to our Canadian cousins in Kat and Mike. They are actually long-term listeners of the podcast, and off-air, it was great to hear how happy they were to be approached to jump on and be a part of the show. And I'll be honest with you guys, this is probably one of my favourite episodes to date, mainly due to the really important snippets of information that are spread throughout, and of course, the abundance of laughs, including Tom and Mike's inclusion in a fitness cult, and me bringing Tom 60 kilo deadlift up once again. So yeah, thank you guys for making it a great episode. So with all that being said, let's get into this week's episode. Hello everyone, welcome Hello. to the show. Hello everyone, how are we doing? Very special guest for us this week, from across a little bit of water, they uh, they come to us from Canada. Um, we have got Katrina and Mike with us today from Relentless Living, which is someone we sort of follow quite closely online. Mm. Um, so we've got them on today as part of our Chatham PT series. Be interesting to sort of hear their thoughts because obviously they're in a very def- different demographic to us over here in the UK. So it'll be interesting to like kind of hear how they approach things, how they got into industry, and so on. Uh, I want to start though by saying a big congratulations because yeah. recently you two got engaged, wasn't it? Is that is that right? We did, yeah. Yeah, congratulations. Oh, awesome. Sparkle, sparkle. <laughs> Any excuse to like throw this hand up? Yeah. All oh yeah, you know the rocks that you've got and all that you've got to show yeah, it in. Yeah. But no, congratulations, guys. Thank you. No longer a single lady. Beyonce's <laughs> <laughs> got nothing on me. <laughs> Considering everything that's happened in the past year of all the craziness around the world, it's good to have some good news, you know. Yeah. yeah it is good to have some good news. You know, you've got something to look forward to. I mean, the same thing happened with Bill as well, you know. Yeah. Is, she, is she still marrying you, Bill? Well, I should hope so, yeah. yeah well, I don't know. <laughs> things might have happened. <laughs> <in time. laughs> I thought she might have come to her senses. You never know. You know? Oh, cheers, cheers, Tom. <laughs> so, Let's hope she doesn't listen. Well, there's one thing I've got to start with first of all, and that is, so Mike, yourself in particular, we actually know each other originally from an old, 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 old Facebook group. I don't know if you remember. This oh, is actually how we originally yes. knew each other. I'm not going to mention the name of the Facebook group or the name of the person that used to run it. Uh, oh. Because in so at the time, I thought it was a, it was basically at the time it was about fitness, exercise, and what I thought was science. Um, right. Now, in hindsight, I don't know if you'd agree with me on this, Mike, but basically, you and I, we was actually part of a cult for some time. <laughs> yep, yep, it yeah. was basically a cult. <laughs> yep, uh, it's one of those things. Yeah, when in hindsight, you realize, oh shit, I was actually part of a cult. Uh, but oh, yeah. yeah Basically, I don't even know if the Facebook group is around anymore. I know the person, for a small time, the person in question who ran it was not a massive name, but, you know, he was quite a big name. He had quite a big platform, a semi-respectable yeah. platform. Uh, but, yeah, that's now gone <laughs> due to his yeah, cult-like behavior. gone. All that yeah. is gone now. <laughs> uh, it's like it's, what was originally basically a group run by what I'm assuming was a personal trainer. It became like a very heavily you know, anti-vax, anti-mask. And, you know, for people that have listened to the podcast and heard all the mad conspiracy shit I ramble on about, you'd think that I'd be <laughs> in right with that. But yeah, this was a bit too much for me. But, uh, yeah, I mean, um, wow. That was back when I'd consider myself a normie. And it wasn't until I actually yeah. left that group that I actually started to learn my trade properly because it was very 
protective, let's just say. You, you, it had the trademarks of a cult where you had to only believe what they believed and you couldn't kind of, you know, branch away from that and continue developing. Also had a very charismatic leader, which is very indicative yeah, of the cult. Yeah, very charismatic. <laughs> there were slogans. There were slogans. There were slogans. Yeah. 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 It was basically like the heaven's gate of fitness, you know. <laughs> I don't know if they've left on the UFO later. yet or... <laughs> But yeah, I just thought I had to mention that because it's a really weird way how we kind of knew each other originally. We was part of a yeah. cult. Yeah. And we could just let people elaborate from there. <laughs> Do we get a Netflix series because we survived it? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we could interview each... Like, we could all be interviewed. We could be in the corner. You know, the microphone would be on the screen. It would be like... Um, I knew something was weird when they tried to give me the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I knew something was weird when they said that the comet was going to take us to a Planet Fitness. <laughs> oh my god but that, listen we're going to start our own cult a better cult this is a, this is a much better cult this is a much better cult, we cult. one true cult <laughs> but yeah, I'm glad I got that out of the way I had to mention that <laughs> well, certainly certainly an interesting way to start the podcast I'll tell you that I wasn't expecting the, that, re- that revelation Mm. Tom and Michael part of a cult. Well, we'll have to. You, you have to tell me more about this off air, Tom, because I'm, I'm intrigued now. And if I'm intrigued, the listeners will be intrigued. I think. I'm in enough legal <laughs> shit to start mentioning names. So uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, guys. We'll go into the the actual episode chat with PTs now. So if you've listened to these before, you'll know how we like to start every episode. Is we like to establish our guests' gym pet peeves. Now we normally look for their top three, but because we've got two guests on today, we're going to go with just your best one. And we're all going to rank these, and we're all going to rank each other. So, Kat and Michael, you, you two can sort of, you know, rank each other's, and we'll, go, we'll decide who's the best, who's the winner of this <laughs> of this uh, this little challenge. So, uh, we'll start with you, Mike. What's your uh, what's your top gym pet peeve? Oh my god! So I, I I have way more than the normal person should have. So I really had to narrow this down. But I think my biggest pet peeve is when you get absolute unsolicited advice from someone who has no idea what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> and I'll give us very specific examples. So I remember I was doing um, just a deadlift day and I was just doing some back and posterior chain afterwards just to kind of wrap up my, 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 uh, my workout. And I was doing straight arm lat pull downs and this, you know, like, he was, he was a younger kid. So I don't, I don't blame him, but he was, he was on the younger end and he comes strutting across the gym floor, like with intent, like chest puffed out. And he's like, you're doing that wrong. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. And he's like, no, no, no let me show you how to do it. And he goes and does, um, tricep pushdowns. And I'm like, that is not what I was intending to do, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> 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 that's really random <laughs> yeah that's brilliant that so i think yeah just like any unsolicited advice any unsolicited advice in general but when it's coming from someone who who doesn't really know the intent of your program or, or what you're trying to accomplish i think that to me just just really grinds my gears so i think that's 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 up there <laughs> you guys can't tell but he's all like red and worked up right now like, I, can t- I can tell <laughs> So, Bill, what would you give that on? We're going to modify it because obviously it's our cousins from over the sea. But on a scale of one to ten, on the rate of perceived douchery scale, oh for fuck's <laughs> sake, what would you give it? Douche me up, Bill. Douche me up. Well, I don't feel comfortable with this new ranking scale. We need to talk about. We need to talk about this. You, you've gone rogue there. That's like borderline sexual Rank- assault, right there. Just so you know. <laughs> I don't know. Can you even buy douches in the UK? <laughs> right. 
Alexa. <laughs> don't turn to Alexa. Don't get. Don't ask Alexa to save you. Um, so we're going on the rate of, rate of perceived douchery. Then is that what we're going for this week? Is it? Okay. Oh, that was so me- Cockney, Bill. Rate of perceived douchery. I love it. Even <laughs> I, even I, am impressed yeah, with that. Yeah, you preach that. Well, it's not a word we use very often over in the, in the UK, is it? But um, right. I think we've got to rank these two separately. We've got to we've got to rank the unsolicited advice, which we've done before. But we also need to rank the person who came across the gym because I feel like he needs to. He sounds like a mega douche. So I feel like <laughs> him on his own. Well, we'll get, I mean, to be fair to him, he's just naive. As you said, he was young. He probably you know wanted to show off a little bit to someone a bit older than him. So I'll give him an eight. I'll say eight maybe because he's not right up there. Uh, unsolicited advice. That's a tricky one, isn't it? Uh, we I'm trying to think what we ranked it in the past. We've ranked it quite a few times, different contexts, but. I th- it, just, it is irritating, isn't it? Mm. Especially in the context you gave of people like, he gave you something completely different than what you wanted to do. Something completely wrong. Wrong completely. I'm going to say, yeah, I'll go eight again. Eight, double eights. Yeah. Two eights for me, Tom. What are you saying? Yeah. Yeah. You know what? Like it. I'm going to go for an eight as well. Um, now, I've ranted quite a few times about people giving unsolicited advice in the gym. Um, the reason why I'm only going to give it an eight is because I understand that people mean well. People usually mean well when they do it, but the chances are they're still probably wrong. The thing is, like, people have to realise that just simply by going up to someone and offering them advice, it's human nature to feel defensive about that. So even if you mean well, straight away you're making someone defensive. Um, and I understand like a lot of time when people are saying, oh, let me show you how to do it, or you're doing it wrong, or I need to correct your form, etc. A lot of the time they're speaking at it from like an injury risk reduction point of view and kind of if you know my viewpoint on these things it's not necessarily you know true if i had someone coming over and trying to correct my deadlift you know i'll just i'm at that point now where i can just give them a thumbs up and go cheers for that cool and i'll just move on with life and do what i want to fucking do anyway i'd probably just give a bit more spinal flexion just to well literally flex on a bit more um wrist the disc <laughs> yeah exactly wrist the disc i like that i'm gonna use that oh, that's good yeah, let's that's risk good. the like disc yeah. i'm actually gonna use that in my deadlift workshops uh, i'm sure. stealing that bill will edit out uh mike saying that and i'm just gonna steal that. <laughs> yeah. that's that's um, <laughs> trademarked <laughs> um but the other this reason is yeah, but, but Bill's on my side. He can edit this. <laughs> Only because he's on your side of the pond. It's, That's not well, fair. I've I've established myself as the cult leader here. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but another reason why I'm deducting a point off it is I shouldn't really deduct a point of this, really. But what it is with the lap pull down in general, it almost seems to be like the biggest magnet for attracting people to come and correct you on it. I don't know what it is, but the lap pull down is the. I mean, I work in a commercial gym, and it's quite common. I don't do it. I don't talk to anyone unless I need to, which is quite you know unproductive for a personal trainer. But um, a lot of the personal trainers I work at in my gym and in previous gyms, the lap pull down is almost like a, a praying ground for them to offer advice. You know, the lap pull down is just a big magnet for, oh, let me show you how to do it or let me improve your form or let me show you another way to do it. Whereas with me, I'll just watch people from the office doing it, whether it be ugly, wrong, or good, and just let them crack on. Unless they're doing something inherently dangerous or, you know, inherently damaging to the equipment, then maybe I'll go over and I'll just have a little quick chat with them. But yeah, for me, it's a solid eight. Solid eight. Just for unsolicited advice in general. Don't give it because you're probably wrong in the first place. Tom, what if they're um, what if they're wearing a lifting belt? If they're wearing a lifting belt on the lap pull yeah. down. 
I see it all the time. I just watch it out of curiosity, Ooh. fascination. Um, oh, fucking hell. Right. <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is about this is about their pet peeves not mine <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to fold my arms and not say anything I'm just going to say continue <laughs> I'm sulking now we'll leave that for another day then Tom uh, we'll <laughs> Katrina I realised I called you cat earlier I don't want to is it what do you prefer do you, what, is that fine is it I don't either way it's totally fine I'll respond either way yeah, right, okay, 50, that's 50, fine. That's what, 50, so. Right, okay. Uh, what, what would you rank that one then? Let's see what, you, what, what do you think. Oh, it grinds my gears, the unsolicited advice. Nonsense grinds Ooh. my gears. So um, I think an eight is pretty solid, especially because this kid Ooh. walked across the gym with a purpose <laughs> to give unsolicited advice. Like that context <laughs> is important. <laughs> like, so, that's why I think he needed to rank it as well, didn't he? So much confidence to still be wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never seen somebody so confident in being wrong before. <laughs> because obviously Mike saw it coming and he was just sitting there being like let's go let's like, go like you see it coming and you're like oh no oh no <laughs> you know what's gonna happen but you can't stop the train like that's the worst part you almost don't want to stop that train like you're like tell me what you think please yeah. Yeah. I'm dying it, to know it's like a morbid curiosity like what is he gonna yeah. tell me this young man <laughs> Like, you know he's not coming over to compliment you. He's going to come over to tell you some shit. <laughs> I love that. So, yeah, so that's a, that's a good, stro- good strong score to start. Um, big eight. So we'll move on to yours, uh, Kat. What, what's your, uh, what is your top gym pet peeve? Uh, I had to put so much thought into this to, like, narrow it down to one because I'm a very testy person. Like, <laughs> there are so many things in this world that that are my pet peeves but i promise i'm safe here <laughs> <laughs> mike's breathing is often like a pet peeve of mine so. i love that <laughs> um but my biggest pet peeve is like you know those lifters in the gym like you know they can lift you've seen them they're like smashing out like 225 315 squats and deadlifts you're like cool good for you and then they go and help someone else and then they're helping this person throw on all this weight and their form is just like you know this is a one-way ticket to my ambulance. Please stop. And I, it grinds my gears watching someone who obviously knows how to lift teach someone how to lift so improperly. I'm like, share your knowledge. Like, you should be stoked that you have this knowledge and that you obviously know how to put it into practice. And you're over here just, like, cheering someone on as they, like, snap their shit. Like, I think that's – it just ugh, irks me. <laughs> grinds my gears. So how do we package this pet peeve then? So that is people who know better. Is that kind of what we're saying? People mm-hmm. who should know better? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So. Get, or just like yeah. people that are ignorant to sharing the knowledge when it should be such a fantastic learning opportunity. What would you say on this one, Tom? What do you think? I mean, it's a bit of a difficult one for me because I've got to see how to kind of translate this because obviously improper lifting, etc., is a is a term that might conflict with my current views. So with myself, I, I don't tend to... I don't really stick to believe that there's a a certain way of performing a movement with or without load that's going to inherently lead to injury. However, saying that, that's not me saying form doesn't matter. And this is something that I get straw manned on a hell of a lot. I'm not saying form doesn't matter. It does matter. It just, you know, a lot of it depends on how much weight is on the kind of bar, etc. Like, are you doing too much too soon? So for me, and to be honest with you, I do see this often. And I see it often on social media as well is when people do load up the bars for others or encourage them with a, a load that they have that they should not really be lifting. 
it's not so much that I'm worried about their form in general. It's just that you can see that their form is breaking down because they are going well beyond their capacity of what they should be lifting. You know, I've seen it where a guy's helped another guy deadlift by literally holding his chin and pushing up his neck as he's actually trying to perform the lift. Um, so it's, it depends how I kind of translate that. Um, Which in regards, yeah, go for it. So like, say someone's squatting and like the guy who knows how to lift is sitting there squatting him and he's like loaded up all the plates and he's like, yeah, you got this. And they squat down and he's literally, you can tell, like lifting the bar up for them as he squats. Ah, yeah. Like that's a prime example. It's like, yeah, you did that. You smashed that. It's like, totally, you can go up and wait and they like load more on. And I'm like, oh yeah, you did all that work and you know, you did all that work for this person and you're just like encouraging this behavior that's really doing no better yeah. to them. And then when that person comes into the gym next time by themselves and puts that same weight on and they've suddenly not got that uh, spot, I say, oh, shit. Turn so into a pretzel. They, they, they learn halfway through the process. Maybe that wasn't all me last time, you know, when they're, <laughs> <laughs> when they're ah, black packing themselves. <laughs> like, I think you might have lied to me, you know, as your windpipe's been squeezed. Yeah. Yeah. No, fair enough. If, if that's the case, ooh, Oh, it's <laughs> a hard one. So it's do, hard to rank. Do you know what? Am hard. I am I directing this score towards the person that it's being done to, or am I directed to the person that's <laughs> you know the, the the second party, the person that's you know? Oh, Joe, I'm going to go for a seven. I'm going to be somewhat neutrally aggressive with this. I'm going to go for a seven. Yeah, neutrally <laughs> aggressive. Yeah, that guy's a dick. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go for a seven. Yeah, I'll get what you mean though, because who do you direct it at? As you said, because there's, there's there's two parties involved there, and I feel, and I feel like the especially in that context of the person lifting the bar, you've got to know it. You're not doing anything there. You would know if there's like big weights on the, on the bar, you'd know you're not lifting that weight. Yeah, you'd be like, okay, maybe, maybe I'm not lifting that weight. Uh, that is quite douchey, though, isn't it? Don't you think, Tom? But if you think the person the per, the person doing it, that is quite douchey, isn't it? Because they just put this big weight on. They're looking all massive. They're lifting huge weight, and then they're doing it. To, they're putting loads of weight on someone else when they don't yeah. even know if they can lift it or not. They, they don't know that person. No, but if they are actually spotting them to the point where they're taking most of the weight, one of my other concerns is you're giving that person a full sense of confidence. Yeah. So that if they do come to do it by themselves, as I said, even if they do go for it and then fail to lift, but in a safe manner, that's you, you've then taken away that person's self-efficacy and they're thinking, why am I suddenly all of a sudden weak? What's happened? What's gone wrong here? That's a mega douche thing to do, isn't it? Fuck it, let's give them. Yeah, taking away yeah. proper load management. That is, that is really shit, actually, yeah. I'm going to stick yeah, to I'm, a seven, though. Oh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going to a nine. Fuck them. Oh, yeah. that is spicy. <laughs> Big douche. I mean, that's just nasty, isn't it? They just go on, they give you all this self-cut. They probably feel, it makes them feel good, but they don't care about the other person. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's you're what I mean. It's it. like yeah, a we're... learning opportunity, especially like, cool, yeah. that you can like lift all that weight and you know what you've done to get there and all the grinding you have to do and you're just over here like <laughs> handing it to somebody being like, dude, you just squatted your 225. Good for you. You benched your like 200 pounds, but I... Did most of it for you, but good job. It's, it's almost like gaslighting in the spotting world. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that, but yeah, that's what it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing that on purpose now, Bill. Bill, if I ever get to spot you, I'm gonna gaslight you. Gaslight you. <laughs> like, yeah, you you easily, that was all you, that. And next time you try to actually do it yourself and you fail it, I'm gonna go. You're just shit. Got weak. Yeah. <laughs> cheers. cheers, Tom. I won't, I won't try you next time. Nine. I like that. Yeah, that was um, that was an interesting one. T- took a bit of a while to analyse that, but yeah. What about you, Mike? What are you, what are you thinking? 
I, I'm going to meet you boys halfway in the middle and say, uh, I'm going to give it an eight, especially to the person that's, that's, that's doing, that's doing the gaslighting. <laughs> because I feel like, yeah, when it, when it comes to lifting, right? Like form is very subjective to the human, to the individual. Yeah. But if you, if you know better and you're watching someone physically struggle, visibly struggle with that and you're just loading on more weight like yeah you can do it and pat them on the back when you're taking the brunt of that weight by spotting them i think that's just that's just such a douchey thing to do and i think that's yeah, just such yeah. a loading up that weight when <laughs> someone is physically struggling and you're like no no you can keep going you can keep going because yeah at that point someone gets injured and now they have a negative perception of that lift and yeah and they, they abandon those goals right it's like you're setting them up for poor load management yeah yeah but you know what um we, we, we've had this conversation in the past with um hannah who's a part of bill's uh, train primal team uh, where we were saying like yeah form is subjective exactly like he said mike but it's not like we're saying form doesn't matter form can definitely i'd say correlate to in the sense that if someone's form breaks down so much that it's a red flag in a sign that joe what this is showing me that we're using an improper amount of load for this person then can that lead to injury? Sure, because we know that improper load management is definitely a, 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 a an injury risk factor. So if we're say helping someone on say the bench press, the bench press is the most obvious you know example I could think of here, and we're taking most of that load, but we're lying to them and saying no, 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 it's it's, it's all you, it's all you, it's all you, and yeah, we've taken off load, most of that load from them, but then they come to do it themselves say a couple of days later. And they load up that barbell with the exact same weight and suddenly they're buying themselves. And it's like suddenly we've made the RPE go to 11 and there's no spot around to save them. So, yeah, it is a bit of a shit Of course, you think you're fine. You're like, oh, it's super easy. Like, I can I can grind through this. Like, no. Yeah. And it can knock their confidence as well. So, yeah, it is a bit shit. 100%. Some, some big pet peeves there. Some high scores. We've gone from, a, we've ranged from seven to nine there, which is a... I know. That was a, uh, that was a contested one, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, well, I like that. that we've, we've slid up and down the scale there, back and forth. Uh, okay, guys, we'll move on to the uh, second part of the show now where we're going to do a bit of a bit of storytelling. So we're going to come over to our guests now, uh, Katrina and Michael, uh, and we're going to talk about relentless living. So this is sort of like a, a fitness sort of business you two have started, um, but sort of to my knowledge, you two are both paramedics. So I kind of want to know is how you've kind of gone. I know obviously they're both health related, but I kind of want to know your journey of from paramedics to starting this thing off to obviously now being engaged, living together. But yeah, it's an interesting journey to hear, so let, let, let's hear it. Uh, yeah, I guess... So Mike and I have always both been into our own different realms of fitness. Um, like I was a pretty competitive ice hockey player, like my entire years growing up. And Mike's been on quite a sliding scale when it comes to the gym and stuff. <laughs> He's done quite a bit. And so it's always been a part of like our relationship to be doing like the fitness and kind of like paying attention to what we eat. But neither of us had really been educated on it. Um, and so we were living in like really small town, northern rural Alberta, like there's not a lot there. So it was it was just us and like our, our paramedic community. And a big thing that started with us was um, I had actually signed up with a coach and she did the typical like, here's your workout plan. Here's your meal plan. Send me your check-in kind of deal. And as I started going through it and like really starting to pay attention to nutrition for the first time in my life, I had so many questions as to why, like, why am I eating these things and what is this doing for me and all of that. And so through that, I decided that I wanted to do my own 
um, nutrition coaching certification. So with Relentless, like I do all of the nutrition. And so as like I'm going through this journey with my own fitness coach, people are starting to notice and people are like, I don't understand how you are meeting these goals and like seeing all this progress and like obviously like changing your lifestyle when, you, when you're a paramedic, like you're working shift work. And at that time we were working on call too. So we were on call from anywhere from 24 hours to 96 hours. And we just walked around with a radio attached to our hip. So people are like, how are you doing this when you're living this super inconsistent lifestyle? And so with all of these questions coming up and Mike and I realizing that our community within like the emergency services, just in general, like obviously we're very tight knit with like firefighters and RCMP members over here and police over here and that are all living the same lifestyle we are. And so with that, it was like, we, it's such this, it's a niche of its own being in the, in the tri-services and it branches out obviously to all shift workers and everyone else who has an inconsistent lifestyle. But we just wanted to be able to share this information with those that are living the same lifestyle we are and acknowledging like there are ways to achieve your goals and using shift work as an excuse is, is simply just an excuse. So I started doing my nutrition course and then Mike was like, well, I want to get, I want to be in on this. He's like, let's make this a thing. And he did his fitness certificate and it's kind of just snowballed from there. It's really just now it's just like an endless list of all this education and training and conversations that we want to have with people and we brought it like back to the city, yeah. which is super exciting um, versus just like really small town. So that's how relentless pretty much came to be. Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely a, I, won't, I almost want to say spur the moment thing without, without mm-hmm. really overshadowing, like just how great we, we, how great this business has been for us and, and for like the little community we built. But it definitely was like a very spur of the moment thing um, for myself. Like I was very much into martial arts from a very young age, like my dad threw me into Taekwondo when I was four years old. Um, and I just kind of evolved, evolved, evolved from there. And, um, unfortunately for myself, um, my mental health really was the one that set me back a lot. Um, to the point where, um, I, I tried to commit suicide once upon a time. Um, I had, struggles with my mental health and struggles with my physical health. And I really had no idea where to go, what recourse to go. So fitness for me has always been an integral part of my life and finding that losing weight, finding some, some balance, um, I think was a huge pillar of my life and a huge pillar of what relentless is now, um, and why we created it. So, um, it's, it's giving, like Kat says, it's giving people a niche. It's giving people a community. It's giving people support when they feel stuck. And I mean, it doesn't always just involve first responders. Um, there are, you know, we have, we had a psychologist as a client. We had, um, people from all walks of life, um, find us because they wanted to find some form of healthy balance with their hectic lifestyles, right? Like it doesn't necessarily need to be the first responder working 96 hours. It could be the single mom who has two kids, who's just trying to find some time in her day to, to find some balance and, and to, to live a healthy lifestyle. So um, the, the mental health aspect of it, the physical health aspect of it, and just the community support, I think all of it created relentless. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. I, something I noticed that you said right at the start of Cat, which I really like, is we've spoke about on the podcast loads of times about time being a barrier. Uh, and we understand, I know people that, you know, we, we're not sticking up for these people who say they haven't got time and stuff. But what, what I like for you saying is you two come from that background where you know what it's like to have literally no time uh, and you've managed to kind of dig yourself out of it and get the work done. Yeah. And I think because you've got that experience, it's good that you're sort of 
allow you sort of spreading that to your community and let people know look it's going to be tough but if you want to make these changes both physically and mentally you can do and because you've both got the experience and the knowledge in that sort of area i think it's a, it's a really nice thing that you're doing sort of sort of spreading it because it is, it is i mean time is a barrier but it doesn't it doesn't have to be you can't i mean if you're, if you're willing to put the work in and you're willing to work with people who have got the same experience like you two yourselves are being in you know, paramedics i think you can obviously see a massive change and that's something i you know i like to see it in industry particularly in a hectic job like that as well you know um i mean i've i've worked with a couple of paramedics before um who were also you know they worked full-time as paramedics but then they also had second jobs as you know army reservists so i can fully understand how hectic it bloody is i just don't know how you guys do it sometimes but i mean um you know one thing that i think gets misunderstood a lot is when we do talk about things like time barriers or barriers to exercise in general not just with time it's not that we're just saying look there's barriers here so let's just not bother at all. We're not saying that at all. We're recognising the barriers so that we know how to actually move around them mm-hmm. or how to actually break them down. Because at the end of the day, if you if you, if you you can't confront the barriers that are kind of putting a hindrance on, say, like an active, healthy lifestyle in the first place or nutritional eating, then you're just going to keep on spinning your wheels. Sometimes you've got to stand by and say, well, what are the barriers? What's stopping me? What can I actually do to get around them? But a lot of time yeah. people just think that when we talk about barriers to exercise or barriers to health or barriers to nutrition, that's straight where we're admitting defeat and just leaving it. That's not the case at all. Totally. I actually just did a post like all about that of how brilliant. there's so many times people will come to, or maybe not necessarily come to us. It's just like conversations that people are having around us. And it's like, oh, I'm I'm starting this new new diet or I'm, I'm focusing mm. on this. Um, I'm changing my, pros- my um, idea about this or I'm they're just constantly changing They're they're And it's like, well, why are you constantly changing? And the nine times out of 10, they're just hitting that same barrier over and over again. And so they're spinning their wheels. Exactly. Yeah. So they're, mm. but in their minds, they're like, well, I'm just going to take a con- completely different pathway. I'm going to completely yeah. change the game. I'm going to go like far right. But then that same barrier comes up and then it's for them. They might not see it as the same barrier time and time again, like because they keep changing the game essentially when you break it down, it's the same barrier. And so for me, like the biggest thing that people don't take into account is like, you have to be able to acknowledge like what that barrier is. And obviously changing the game's not working. So how do you overcome that barrier? I call them roadblocks all the time, actually. And I'm like, okay, so it's a roadblock. That road is still there. Like, how are you going to overcome this tree that's in the middle of the road? Like, are you just going to continue to drive around it? Well, eventually you're going to run out of options. Like you have to figure out how you're going to overcome it and, change your lifestyle essentially like if you haven't taken the opportunity to change something other than the game like nothing's going to change yeah a hundred percent a hundred percent yeah it's a great great you know uh, and the thing is when you do make a a change to your lifestyle or behavior change it does take a lot of thinking it does take a lot of effort as well you know the only but but you have to actually stop and kind of understand what the barrier is in the first place and put some serious thought into it before you can actually try and combat that barrier you know whereas a lot of people as you said they just take like a dramatic turn but they just end up in the exact same place over and over again and yes yeah, end up spinning their wheels but no i absolutely love that 100 percent agree with you uh, another thing that was mentioned as well uh, from yourself mike um, was um you know the whole aspect in regards to exercise and mental health etc and how we get these support groups, etc. Um, that I like actually because I think, particularly at the moment, fitness and you know, 
the, the, the culture surrounding like the gym, fitness, etc., and even sport in a way. Some a lot of people kind of say like it's detrimental to mental health and things like you know body dysmorphia, obsessive eating, obsessive you know how we look. The gym is obsessive in itself, etc. But for a lot of people, it's actually a good coping mechanism. It gives us self-efficacy. It puts the control of our health in our hands. You know, it can be accessible to everyone, depending on the, you know the understanding of what what barriers you need to kind of get around, etc. And the main thing you said was it can be a support group for a lot of people. Yeah. So yeah, hundred percent. Both of you just said two things there, which I absolutely love, in regards to barriers and the mental health aspect. Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely, it's definitely. We try to take you know a lot of a lot of because being realistic here there's a lot of negativity when it comes to fitness wellness whatever there's so much negativity right there's you know a lot of nocebos a lot of you know crash dieting yo-yo dieting um there's so many barriers that people come across and like you were saying it just they spin their wheels and we try to take that negative and try to put a positive spin on things try to give people a healthy outlet for making the proper changes, right? Without having to crash diet, without having to feel like they're incapable, you know, starting off small and building small habits to create something much bigger. I think that's that's a huge that's a huge pillar of what are what relentless is all about. Yeah. And why we call ourselves relentless, because it's it's just a constant grind. It's a constant workload that you're just chiseling away at, right? I think it's like always a really fun win with our clients when Someone says like something as simple as walking. They're like, I enjoy walking because it helps my wind down for the day. And then you like intertwine that into their day to day life. And they're like, yeah. oh, like this is all it has to be. And I'm like, yeah, it can be as simple as just whatever you usually use as your wind down. Like with us, like especially being amongst like the tri services and stuff like that, like those little moments are so important and being able to capitalize on them. Like we have like one of our clients is a nurse and for her, like her evening walks with her dog is like her wind down from the chaos of the day. And so we just really like talked about implementing that and like stepping it up a little bit and just adjusting to it. And she came back and she was like, I feel like this is not only working on like the physical side of things, but she's like, this is so important to my mental health. And like, I'm so glad I was able to capitalize on this moment because it, it changed everything for her. Uh, speaking of uh, chaos, I want to move on to <laughs> another little, uh, another little topic now. Mm, just What's going? it like? <laughs> Working with each other at Relentless, what, what is it like? Particularly <laughs> uh, both the bosses. Who who wears the pants? Basically, is that what you're asking here, Bill? No, no maybe. Oh, I, she 100% wears the pants. <laughs> uh, of course you'd say that, Mike. Of course you'd yeah. say that. Because <laughs> no, and I'm, uh, I'll be very honest with myself. Like in my mind, it's like it's like corralling squirrels. Like nothing would get done if it was completely up to me. <laughs> <laughs> We've been very careful what we say here, Mike, can't we? Yeah. <laughs> Keep talking. I'm enjoying this. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't say this off there, does he? Yeah. Um, no, it's I, awesome. I mean, you guys are pretty much like the, you know, power couple of fitness, let's say. Oh. <laughs> Which is the first for us on this podcast. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it's funny because in our in our day-to-day jobs, like as paramedics, like Mike is the boss. Mike, so here in Canada, um, especially in Alberta, we have like advanced care paramedics and then we have primary care paramedics. So Mike is an advanced care paramedic and basically it means that he gets to do all the cool things. He gets to do the intubations. He gets to do the drilling. I don't get to do any of that stuff. I just drive the truck. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Um, But in our day-to-day lives, like because of Mike and his, just due to his status in in our careers, like 
he runs the show and um, we don't often work on Trek together. And that's a personal preference. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't need to spend more time with him. I love him. It's great. But I need 12 hours without you. <laughs> no, that's understandable though, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, it was, it's sidetracked, sorry, but we recently moved to the same team. So in the city that we're in, um, they have this, this city's broken up into different teams and zones in the city. And we recently moved to both being downtown. And I was like sitting there one night and I was like, what happens if like we get scheduled to be on the same truck? <laughs> like, and I'm like, I don't know what he's going to say to this. Like, does he want to work together all the time? Does he? And I, he was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not doing it. And I was like, thank God. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to be the awkward one to, to say it? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a no for me, but it's so like, it knows, like he, he has his, his place of being the boss, but like he said, like when it comes to relentless, like we just think very different, differently mm-hmm. and it's, it's no dig towards one or the other. It's, it's just simply like using our strengths to our advantage. And for me, it's, yeah. I'm able to organize those things. Sometimes you need that. Yeah. She's able to organize a lot more effectively. I'm very much, I'm very much the dreamer. I'm very much see the bigger picture in things. I very much see the grand scale of things. And she just kind of directs the path. So <laughs> if Mike was in charge Realist. of 40 different projects at once and I'd be having a 100%. serious mental breakdown. So. <laughs> no, I, I totally get that. You've got, you've got like the fantasist and then you've got the realist of like, mm, this, this probably, yeah. this probably won't work. You know, that costs <laughs> millions and millions. We can't do that. Much more gently, Bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bringing it down. And I like that though. No, it's good. It's good to see that you know, it's going well. Obviously, you two working together, but I yeah. think it's probably for the best that you don't work in the same truck uh, on shift because yeah. that could cause that could cause very hectic. Uh, we so we worked on the same truck a few weeks ago actually, and it was just like a, an overtime shift, and they let us like build our own truck, and we were like, let's do this. Like it's like overtime money. Like it, it'll be good. It'll just be for fun. And everyone was really worried. And they're like, how is this going to be with you guys working on truck? Like, and I was like, honestly, it's fine. Because like, I understand my role. He understands his role. This is a professional setting. Like we're here to do a job. I'm not on a date. Like, Hmm. so we're able to like, put aside like our relationship and, and acknowledge what the priority is and like what the setting is um but i still don't i was ho- i was hoping for a butt there cat i was hoping you're gonna go but we ended, up kicking- we ended up kicking off the truck was set on fire mike was left alone naked on the side of the street <laughs> no. but i sedated him and nobody knew where he was yeah. Right yeah, nobody- <laughs> that's what i was hoping to hear but no Sorry. i mean what's, what's it been like for you What's it been like for you, kind of, what's been going on? Because I know you've just moved house, obviously you've just been engaged, you've been doing Relentless and you're both paramedics. How, how's it been like your life? Have you had time to sit down and watch Netflix or have you had time to go out on a date? I don't... <laughs> um, it's Things have settled yeah. now. Like, obviously, okay, that's good. each phase. Um, and for some reason, we like to do everything at once. Um, through each phase, like, obviously, it gets pretty hectic and I'm a bit of an asshole <laughs> when I get stressed out. <laughs> i turn into into a fucking crazy like love it so um but mike takes it in stride and really holds down the fort with all of that um and i think it just comes down to like acknowledging our priorities like as much as um like moving house is a big deal and we got a dog too we got a dog amongst all of that (laughs) because why not um, I think it, it's really important to like, Mike's really good at this. Like if, if things are getting really crazy, he'll like, just walk up to me and be like, let's go on a date. And I'll be like, Oh, Oh yeah, let's do that. Because that needs to be a priority right now. Our relationship's obviously been pushed to the wayside a little bit with the move and like with moving relentless. And then we got a home gym and that obviously plays into like our life and relentless. And 
Hmm. still trying to work full time on top of it. And so it's just, we're pretty good at one person um, will usually get to the point where like, eh, things are getting too much and we really just need a night to like settle. And so it'll be like, okay, the things are done for the day. We're, we're really just going to sit down on the couch and eat dinner tonight. And somebody will often be like, oh, usually it's me. I'll be like, we have to do 45 other things first. And he'll be like, no, <laughs> we're going to sit and acknowledge like the cool things that have happened and be grateful for the house that we are, that we just bought. So why don't we sit in the house and enjoy it? <laughs> um, so it's just, it really just works really well between the two of us. So yeah. someone's usually like able to bring it all back together when the chaos is. The dynamic duo, I like it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, very good. So, what would you say going forward then into the future? So, I've put some of the notes here. Um, Mike, I was going to ask you off air, but I think I'll ask you now is that maybe you know, look into the future as you grow. Maybe you could maybe come over and help Tom out because unfortunately, he's been stuck at 60 kilos on his deadlift for, for years now. Uh, and a man his size should, right. should be lifting more than that. So, I think we need to get you over here to the UK, get you over to London. And, I'm uh, getting, help you, Tom I'm out getting sick of your shit, Bill. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know where this inside joke came from that I can only deadlift 60 kilos. I even put like a little flex on the other day. I, I, I put up a little Instagram story of the barbell loaded up to 100, what was it, 40, 50 kilos. There was no actual video of me lifting it. I just put a picture yeah, up. Of course, because you're going to do 60. You know, I don't know where this 60, joke has you? come from. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm actually going to. Yeah, it's called yeah, gaslighting. Let's continue. I'm just going to have to risk the disc. I have to yeah. put up a video next week, risk the disc. <laughs> yeah. I'll get two fuckers next to me actually lifting the bar, you know, yeah. either side. Just keep them out of the camera frame. You'll be yeah, good. Yeah, they could be my gaslighters. Here we go. <laughs> the next time we meet up for a drink, uh, you can ask me to do it in person and I can actually just, yeah, actually snap my shit up. <laughs> Risk the disc. I like it. Worth it. But I uh, but off air, we'll talk about this, Mike, because he obviously you can only do sixty. That is one hundred percent true. Uh, but on, on a serious note, though, where do you where do you see things going forward? I mean, would, do you want to take this, you know, to the next level? Do you want this to be a full time thing, or is it are you happy with the sort of the way it is at the moment, being paramedics and doing this as well? Um, I I oh, this is a this is a loaded one. Um, I really love my job as a paramedic, and I I I I I love medicine. I love I love very reactive medicine. I love the thrill of being on an ambulance. But there's something to be said about the proactive approach in health and fitness, and you know, making this my full time job. Um, I've already um, I've got my you know PT certificate. I'm working on my strength and conditioning certificate. And then hopefully in the next couple of years, I'm doing my athletic therapy and transitioning myself more into the health and fitness space and working part-time as a paramedic. Um, I think that that's going to be the eventual shift uh, because I still, I still love the job. I still love, um, I still love, you know, the saves. I still love driving lights and sirens. I still love, you know, <laughs> walking into some random's house and, and figuring out what's wrong with them. I love the puzzle pieces um, and, and solving those puzzles. But there is something to be said about the world of paramedicine and the job of paramedicine is that it's very tasking on one's physical health and one's mental health. Um, you know, we see a lot of things, as you can imagine. Um, but, you know, when we tell stories or, or, you know, when you see the news, that's only really a fraction of what you're seeing from the outside when you're on the inside it's it, it it's a much different beast right um people think that you know what what makes or breaks a paramedic is that one big call that goes sideways and for us really the the, the reality is it's it's death by a thousand cuts 
right? Um, it's trying to plug all your own wounds um, as time progresses and your body wears down on it, your mental health wears down on it. So I think I could I could do this job a lot longer. I could do the paramedicine work a lot longer at a part-time level and really focus more on my health and fitness aspect of it. So I think that's going to be the long term is, is growing relentless as far as it can go and, and um, dropping down to part-time casual with with EMS really is that the same for you Kat is that, is that sort of the same path you see yeah um especially with like it was always kind of said like um ideally in an ideal world like back when Relentless started we were like well like we'll probably always stay as paramedics but we would do it um at a lesser load um and this past year with the pandemic and everything that happened it was it's been not, I mean, don't get me wrong, like we saw lots of sick people um, and COVID was real. Like for us, like people have different opinions, like fuck them, I don't, whatever. But for us, it, it was real and it happened. And But on top of all of the sick patients, I was actually sick. We see sick people all the time. Yeah. Um, but it was the politics that have happened behind the scenes that has taken such a heavy toll on us and really has yeah. really ramped up like. I love my job. I hate the organization that I work for. Um, so it's it, as much as Relentless is, is started as a passion project, it's now um, an exit plan to eventually be somewhere that like is able to mentally support us as well as mentally challenge us and, and yeah. grow us physically in, in all of those things. So um, like Mike said, I, I love my job and I, I struggle saying that I would ever quit being a paramedic because I do love it so much. But I, it's not a forever gig full time. It just the burnout rate is so high, especially with everything that's going on right now. No, I can imagine. There's a lot of um, similarities there to, in like the UK with uh, sort of the public sector. So if that's you know the you know the NHS, the National Health Service, or the military, or you know police, uh, a lot of people enjoy that sort of. Um, well, I don't know the words, but that, that job where you're giving back to others in the community, that they, people enjoy the job, but they hate the organisation. Politics, that run it above exactly them. They what hate the politics. The they politics. hate the management at the higher levels where, you know, in some cases, like in the NHS, for example, a lot of it in the UK is run by managers who have no idea about medicine. They're there because they're management and people, it breaks people down on the front line because they, they're the ones actually doing the job, but they have to deal with the shit from up top and then they want to leave. And then you just get in the cycle of good people leaving, struggling to get new people in. And I said, I think it's, it's the same for you. You, you. you like you like the job, but then unfortunately, there's only so long you can deal with the shit from above you, you know? Yeah. It's only just so much like a, your mind can a take. severe lack of confidence on the people that are, you know, ruling over you, basically. It's, yeah. it's, you, so, it's so eerie. With what you said, Bill, it's so eerie, the parallels of mm. what we're experiencing now. Like, it is bang on carbon copy exactly what we're experiencing now. And it's leading a lot of us to be frustrated, right? And a lot of us to be um, just in a, in, a, in a position where do we continue down this line of just, you know, dealing with this, you know, level of, of, of mismanagement, mm. Um for the sake of a job and a paycheck, like it's, or do we, you know, do we leave and, and find something else? And I think Relentless has given us that ability to be like, well, we can grow this as much as it can go. And then, you know, I don't, I don't think I would ever leave the uniform behind, but I definitely would stow it away for, a, you know, a little while longer. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's almost like it, it feels like kind of like abandoning your identity, isn't it? 
Yeah. And it's not, it's not like you're giving up on, you know, the ethics you learned or part of who you are, but it's just, it's, it's that fear of detaching yourself and suddenly the fear of leaving your identity behind, you know, yeah. and you get have a lot of, uh, yeah, military members as well, you know, yeah. for part of them that was, it's not, oh, it was a part of their life. That was their identity or it is their identity. But at the same time, it's like, it's catch 22 because at the same time, like you just can't fucking suffer the people above you any longer. You love the job. You love what you you do. You love what you are, but you just cannot suffer the fucking politics or the lack of confidence in the people above you any longer. You know, it's like you're abandoning your identity, but it's just, you know, for, for the sake of your own mental health as well, you know, you kind of have to move on. Okay, guys, we bring this uh, bring a bit more positivity back to the uh, the conversation. Yeah, <laughs> that was really dark. Holy crap! <laughs> oh, well, this is what it's all about. Pe- peaks and troughs. We're gonna we're gonna bring it back back to life now. Hopefully, until well, this is when you said there is no favourites. But I want to know, basically, guys, what is your favourite part of being a PT, being part of this industry? You know, what gets you get, gets you up and thinking? You know, I, w- I want to get involved. You go first. <laughs> Definite um, silence. There is absolutely no favourites. <laughs> no, I. It sounds so like ass backwards, but like my favorite part is when like we always joke with our clients, like we, ine- we inevitably want to break up with you. Like, I don't want to be in a lifelong relationship with you. Like if I have to be in a lifelong relationship this, yeah. with my clients, yeah, I'm not teaching anything. That's, that's not what I want. It's supposed to be obsolete after a certain time. Yeah. Then that's the goal. And my, my favorite part is, and it, it sounds so bad, right? And so I promise there's a point to it. My favorite part is when we when a client's broken up with us and then they come back and they're like, I understand now what you were saying and what you were teaching. Like, I, I get it. Can we do it again? Because now I understand the why. I get I yeah. get it. And I and I want to be able to to grow on it because it just wasn't clicking before. I want to go to the next level now. Yeah, exactly. And I've that's fallen in love with it that much. I want to go up a notch. Yeah. And it's. Sometimes it takes a little while, um, like sometimes, or, and maybe they don't even come back to us. Like maybe it's like a few months down the line and they, they reach out and they're like, yo, I've lost this much amount of weight and I've been able to keep it off because I've like, I get the habits that you were implementing. I get why you were telling me to, to try this or to, to implement that. Like I get it. And like that moment where it all clicks and they come back and are able to say, I get it is such a huge win for me. Like that's, totally my favorite every time and maybe they didn't even leave us maybe it's just like a few weeks down the road where they're like oh i get why we were talking about this three weeks ago or why this was the goal for that week because now it implements here like the reflection from my clients and of it all clicking is i really like that we've never had that one before have we we've mm. never had we've never had that actual we yeah. have people saying you know they love the success stories and stuff but we've never had the ones where you've kind of said that they've broke, broken up of you but through success and obviously that that's what we always talk about on a you know a constant basis. We talk about how we want to make ourselves redundant because you know we don't we're not a mechanic. You know I'm not there to fix you for your whole life. What's the point of that? That's just me basically stealing your money because you know I'm being a bit dodgy. Really, ideally you want to make them you know that self-efficacy that you talk about a lot, Tom. You want them to be able to go off on their own and put into practice what they've you know learned from the experts before. So you yeah, I don't really like that. I really like it as well. I know you know you was a bit worried about saying that at first, but actually I really agree with you and I like that myself because I've had that several times myself. It's not that we're not doing our jobs and that we're not, you know, leading people to the knowledge they need to, you know, get to, 
but it's almost like have you ever had where someone has it's like someone's got a book and they've read a couple of chapters and they've put it down and then they're like actually no do you know what I've really enjoyed that book. I want to go back to it and finish it. It's like that. It's not like we've, we. the reason why he left us in the first place is because we were just shrinking them along or we did a half-assed job. It's just that for whatever reason, some people do leave. Sometimes it's financial. Sometimes barriers to exercise. Just in general, I'm just going to sum it up there, barriers to exercise, you know. But people come back, you know, people come back and they want to pick it up again. And they're like, yeah, exactly what you said. Like, I didn't get it before. Now I do. It's only since I've kind of gone to go back and train by myself that I've realised that, uh, you know, I've been utilising the things I learned, but I want to take it to the next level now. You know, I've had people come to me that have never touched a barbell before. And then months down the line, they're using things like RPE, etc. And they, you know, they, they, they break it off with me, but I still see them in the gym utilizing the exact same things that they've learned from me and these are people that have gone from absolute beginners novices to squatting by themselves deadlifting themselves overhead pressing by themselves with barbells they know when to kind of load the weight when to scale it back a bit how to auto regulate how to use the rpe system but then randomly i'll get a contact and they'll say look i want to kind of change my goal a bit more i want to get to this I want to come come back to you for a bit yeah that's absolutely fine once again the goal isn't to you know string them along for the rest of their lives and just give them little bit by little bit but it is to make myself obsolete in the end it's just that i'm taking them to the next level people don't understand we can't fit a whole fucking bit of strength and conditioning or sport and physiology all in like a couple of months worth of sessions you know it is like a lifelong thing you kind of learn along the way especially with new evidence constantly coming out and we learn of different methods etc etc three years ago I have clients who I was doing fucking postural correction on, etc. If they came back to me now, I would tell them straight, look, in the meantime, my views have kind of changed due to new evidence. So let's take you to the next level, advance it a little bit, etc., etc. So yeah, I like that. We're on a bit of a rant there. Got to catch some <laughs> oxygen. Oh yeah. You got to go there, Kat. Yeah. You got to start um, getting like a stopwatch, Bill. Take like a, a breath, shot take collar. A get like what a I'll do is I'll just... I'll just edit all that out. Uh, we'll just get yeah, just do that. I'll put it in the bin. We'll, we'll just all disappear. Oh, that just fast fun. forward me. <laughs> yeah, fast forward. Yeah, there you go. Ten Top minutes fast. later. <laughs> oh, I like it. Um, what about yours, Mike? You got you got some big shoes to fill there. That was a, that was a good one. What's, what's your uh, favorite? Damn. Uh, she, she, you don't have to say anything. She, it's fine. I got she this went one. off. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think my favorite part about being a PT is really changing people's perception of what it is. And what it means to um, build strength and, you know, resistance train. Um, you know, when people come to me, I'm not the one to. <laughs> Sorry, the dog is dreaming. <laughs> I thought I it sounded like a fart from this end. I thought someone just let one go. I thought someone, someone was hungry. No, no, no. How did you feel? No, no. <laughs> I thought, I thought Mike like just let, let, let rip. He groans like he's 90. Like. <laughs> All right, continue. Why do you like being a PT? <laughs> okay, back on track. Um, Love it. Yeah, just changing people's perception of, of strength and what it means to strength train and resistance train. You know, people come to me thinking that, you know, I'm going to give them some, like, cardio program or hip program or whatever. But, you know, it's, it's like you were saying, Tom, it's teaching them about RPE and, you know, reps in reserve and how to properly, you know, periodize your program and how to properly load and teaching them that load management, teaching them the fundamentals of, 
um, you know, your major compound movements and realizing that loading, just because you load a barbell doesn't mean you're going to be, you know, hench at the end of the day. It means that you're going to look better. You're going to feel better. And seeing people, you know, go from being, showing some trepidation towards approaching a barbell to being excited to, to touching a barbell. I think that to me is the biggest, most fulfilling thing about being a PT and, um, that's the thing I love about it most is seeing that switch in people's minds go off of like, oh, like strength training is actually really good for me. And I really want to challenge myself. That to me speaks volumes of, you know, what we're able to accomplish, you know, as PTs is changing people's perceptions of things. It reminds me of a, a recent podcast we did on uh, weight training. I think you just hit the nail on the head there. Is that we spoke about it with the solely misconceptions with people getting into that resistance training. And I think it's great that you're sort of attacking that head on with getting people to do it because it's one of the most important things people need to do even from you know, if you're old, whether you're young, if you're male, whether you're female, etc. You know, resistance trains for everyone and there's so many benefits that come with it and as I said most people go to a PT and they expect to be given a thousand burpees every day you know or been said to be well, told to go running every day that's the issue isn't it whereas at least we're getting you know people realizing look strength training is really important it doesn't matter who you are they could be you're not necessarily going to get hench you're not necessarily you know it's not going to break you you know there's nothing to be scared of uh, there's loads of benefits that come of it and I think yeah you being able to I can imagine that being a really really positive thing you seeing somebody who's come to you saying oh I'm a bit worried I'm worried I'm going to hurt myself on the barbell or I'm worried I'm going to get hench and then the fact you can then change their mindset obviously I can imagine yeah that's a really sort of positive thing for you you know being part I'll, of the industry, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll put an example here we I had a client who had quite significant scoliosis mm. and every doctor physical therapist chiropractor blah blah work your way down the line work your way down the list you'll probably see where this is going yeah. Yeah. yeah that said you can't be lifting you shouldn't be putting anything on your back no deadlifting no squatting none of this you're gonna snap your shit up uh, and she came to us basically the the day we launched um she came to us wanting something um, fast forward almost a year down the line, she is PRing on her squats. She's PRing on her deadlifts and running the fastest mile she's ever ran. Um, how know, much is she? Uh, sorry, Mike, how much is she deadlifting? Is it more than 60 kilos? Is it, or is it? Oh, <laughs> shut it's up. definitely more than oh, I, God. <laughs> I love it. I love it. What a few months of you, Mike, and they're deadlifting more than I'm about to risk it, Bill. I'm about to risk it. Get your hands off. <laughs> I think like part of like, it, Mike didn't really touch on it. And I'm actually surprised you didn't, but I think like it's so underrated, like the, um, the confidence that it gives people and how it changes their mm. life. Like, especially like with this example, like by the time she came to us, she was like terrified of the gyms because it had just been like ground into her. Like you can't do this. You can't do that. You'll never be able to do this. And like that part of her was like, I want to be strong and I want to be able to do this. And it was one of those, like, how do I overcome these obstacles? Like, how do I build strength without touching a barbell because I'm not allowed? And, like, changing that mindset in people of, like, you can do these things. You just, again, need to adjust it to your lifestyle. You need to, you need to overcome this barrier. That, and hers was, like, a physical barrier. And then it's, like, I think just, like, building that confidence that you can do these things and teaching yeah. people the ability to do those things is something that's so underrated. Like, you can tell somebody how to lift a barbell you can tell someone how to deadlift you, you can teach them how to do all of those things but if they're not confident in themselves and you can't bring that to a client you're not gonna help them it's never gonna change like you can t you can tell them all day and show them all day but if they are not confident in themselves it's never gonna be a success that's barrier number one we've got a breakthrough isn't it just giving that think, slight yeah. bit of confidence letting them know that they're not even with something like scoliosis you are not destined to 
be sitting down for the rest of your life. You know, you can adapt. You can adapt. I mean, Scoliosa, Usain Bolt, fastest yeah. man, you know, I don't know, he's, has his record been beaten now? I, I have no idea. I don't really watch the Olympics anymore. But so, I mean, uh, um, yeah, sad scoliosis. The first man to deadlift five times his body weight, severe scoliosis, you know. But sadly, there is this knowledge deficit. And I'm going to take a liberty by saying, especially amongst yeah, doctors, etc. Chiropractors, don't get me started. We've got a whole episode on that. Oh, um, this is even, where you get it from. Yeah. Even <laughs> physiotherapists, you know, there's, there's this knowledge deficit in regards to, well, can people be training, especially weight training? And if so, how should they be doing it, even with symptoms such as scoliosis? Yeah. But no, I, I, ex- what you guys just said there, that is... That, that to me that's 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 a love letter to what I love about my job yeah showing people that you 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 deserve to be able to exercise you can exercise you know yeah I love that 100% yeah. don't you dare copyright our love letter you already took everything else from us yeah <laughs> risk the disc that's what I, we are I, st- <laughs> I still I still one thing per episode and risk the disc is uh, yeah that's my one for this uh, this episode <laughs> Okay, guys, we'll move on to the final part of the show, which is our secret questions. Now, obviously, me and Tom know these questions, but you two don't. So they could be they could oh, be shit. very serious, or they could be they could be comical. Um, who knows? We'll see how you react. I mean, if it all goes wrong, I'll just have to edit it out and say we're technical difficulties. But we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Uh, if you have to edit it, out, just put in that ten minutes of Tom like ranting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah put it in. Just, just <laughs> look a little notification. If you want to tune out now, is your time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're actually finished now. If you need um, to go to the bathroom, you know, if you need to go make yourself a cup of coffee, you know, now is your time. Just <laughs> take ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, right. What you got? Tom, we'll go with yours first, Tom. Yours is a bit more serious, wasn't it? Yeah, mine is a bit more serious. Well, I've actually come up with a new question since then, so I'm going to start oh, off no, I don't with even my know this. new Brilliant. question. You know, Ooh. My new question is, and we can edit it out, depending on your answer, because we don't want to get you guys in trouble. Hypothetically, let's say it's a Monday, it's International Chess Day. You want to get to the gym to get on the bench press, because we all know you're never going to find a bench press in the evening, you know, uh, on a Monday evening. But you're on shift. But you've just finished your shift now. Would you use your siren on your ambulance to get to the gym <laughs> in order to get onto that bench? Oh, I love it. How specific this is. It is not above me to go to the gym <laughs> <It's> ambulance. <laughs> because I've done it. Yep. Whilst on pre-workout. Oh, <laughs> oh my god i have seen mike take pre-workout and then get on a plane and he's like twitching <laughs> like he's like he's like i've only slept for two hours and i had no coffee ready so i'm just like dry scooping pre-workout to get through this call and i'm like are you good? dry scooping it as well that, oh, that, oh, why'd you go for customs just on your little bag yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you help me stand in the kitchen yeah he's like i just got a call we have to take off in an hour i'm not even awake yet and i still gotta get to the airport (laughs) (laughs) so i love that there's a very very specific time when i worked um basically air medevac so i used to work on an airplane that that was an ambulance oh my god where is this going (laughs) so we had worked we had worked no lie we had worked 36 hours without a break 
And that day she was talking about, I had taken, I had, I like needed to wake up and I took the biggest dry scoop of pre-workout. I felt my soul tingle at one point. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I love and that. I washed it down with a monster energy drink. No. <laughs> we're talking. She was doing this trend before it was a trend. Okay. <laughs> this is fantastic. <laughs> this is how we got through. <laughs> when you're on 36 hours of no sleep and dry scooping pre-workout with an energy drink chaser you can taste sounds <laughs> i love this he just like pushed the plane out like he like he was just like, running in front of it and like they were taking off and it's fine everything was fine with, with, a, with a place with a patient on the plane like guys watch me do a loop <laughs> <laughs> mike ran to, to the net to the destination he didn't actually get on the plane <laughs> What I'm looking forward to is hearing that uh, Cat and Mike are now unemployed on uh, Monday, which is released, <laughs> due, to their, uh, due to their pre-workout antics and their sorrow and abuse. They did say Red Bull gives you wins. We have got to get sponsored now, at least by Red Bull, for that. <laughs> um, i tell you what, though, guys, I did have like a more serious question. This, this could be for uh, both of you or individual the most serious question is actually a question I like to ask a lot of people, specifically when they when people do Q and A's and stuff like that. And it's really simple. And all I want to ask you guys is, like, what is the most recent thing in regards to our field that you've changed your mind on or refined your opinion on? So I'll I'll be the first to say um, my my opinion on um, pain and pain science has completely changed um yeah i was i'll be i'll be <laughs> whoo this, this might give tom an aneurysm um i used to be a squat you fanatic hand on heart you squat squat you. yeah most people were <laughs> yeah yeah um and honestly like reading about pain science and um i actually just read a book on uh, low back pain by written by Steffi Cohen and e, Dr. Ian Kaplan. Um, read that book and it was fantastic. It was fantastic when it came to the science of, of pain, the science of low back pain. And it really changed my perception on, on things because I, you know, I've suffered a lot from low back pain, especially from yeah. years of martial arts and, and lifting and all this stuff. And, and you know, you know, working on, on ambulance because we go from not doing anything for eight hours to, you know, lifting a 450 pound patient out of a, out of a basement. Right. So we go from no activity to a hundred percent activity in no time flat. Um, so, you know, I d did have a lot of low back pain and doing research on it and, um, you know, the kind of causes behind it and everything. I think my, my opinion changed a hundred percent. I thought I was going to be destined for, you know, the PVC pipe or endless bird dogs and, you know, the McGill big three. And when I realized that none of that shit was working, um, for me, that was, uh, you know, it was a huge eye opener, um, just refining my opinion on it and even changing my opinion on, on some things. I think that was a huge thing for me. And I think, yeah. um, it really influences the way I train people and I train people with pain and really in my own personal life too. It, it really changes how I approach training, how I approach my intensity, how I approach my workouts and how I approach my recovery more than anything. This is the thing, isn't it? With pain science, a lot of people just assume it's to do with, well, pain and injury, but they don't realize 
how multifaceted it is, mm-hmm. especially with everything you just said there. It's almost like taking a red pill and realizing that whether you want to or not, it is inherently linked to our everyday life, our training, everything in one way or another. Yeah, but no, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, glad to hear that. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard thing to do. People don't realize how hard it is to sort of exit your your thought process when you've got when you're so like fit. You were like a squat you fanatic. You said. I mean, loads of people are. When you're so used to being that that way of mind, it's very hard to sort of exit that world, isn't it? And then go to something else because people don't like change. People get very comfortable in their little bubbles. I mean, we're all like that's how we are as humans. And when you then have to sort of exit that bubble, it takes quite a you know a lot of guts and a lot of you know per, you know dedication, persistence to actually do that. But then once you do it, you know it's you are for the better of it, and you become a better person better coach and stuff so yeah yeah and i'll be honest like when when it when it came down to like my pain specifically right because i mean all pain is subjective but when it came down to my pain specifically i would dig my heels in and be like no this is the cause and then you know you start reading things and you almost have like a cognitive dissonance like ah it's bullshit like no like that's not it (laughs) right you dig your heels and you cross your arms and you're like no that can't be it until you really try for yourself right until you really try to expose yourself to these to this research to um, you know, these different modalities and, and, and training a certain way. And you realize like, oh, maybe I could have prevented all of this or changed all this low back, like years of low back pain. I could have changed it in such a shorter amount of time had I just been more open to the concept. What about you, Kat? What, 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 are, you, what are you thinking? Uh, this is hard. I think, um, but I think one of the things that has really become very apparent to me is like the overuse of like a structured meal plan. And I think like as a nutrition coach, like, and even for myself, like when I was like a client myself, like that was something that was just handed to me. And that was in a time where like every coach that you had, like, that's what it was. It was like, here is your meal plan. We'll change this like every, like once a month or whatever else. And it was just, here you go. And it really like, it. that's what initially had like sparked my nutrition interest was like, why am I eating these things? Right. But as it's like gone on and now that I'm spending a lot more time with like my clients and my clients as individuals, like. I'm seeing like, it's just such a nasty trap because it's not going to ingrain any habits. It's not going to teach any habits just by telling people to eat these things. If they don't understand why, it's not going to change anything once they're off that meal plan. It's like any diet that's like 30 day diet or 60 day diet or whatever, like has that like structured time frame. Like you're not learning anything and you're going to come back to me and you're going to be frustrated or you're going to like regain all, all of that weight you've lost or you're going to lose whatever progress, regardless of what that progress looks like to you. Like it's so important. And it just, as I like continue to go with these clients and like, as other clients are coming to me and being like, Oh, I did this meal plan previously, or this was whatever that restriction was in their life. Like by not teaching why, um, and just giving people answers is like, it's so, it's such a spiral to me. And I just, I think it's not like meal plans are starting to go to the wayside unless you're like obviously like more of a competitor i'm talking to like just the day-to-day people who are just trying to like overcome um their day-to-day lives and they're not necessarily competing or prepping for something it's just just giving those people a meal plan is starting to go to the wayside lots of nutrition coaches are going more towards like that macro breakdown of like here's your macro and calorie goal and you have to fill it yourself um and even then like it's I don't know, like giving people those like hard structures and not explaining the why behind it is just something that is growing in my mind of like, this is, this doesn't make sense to do. Like 
I'm constantly trying to like educate and give that education. Yeah, but it needs to be more education driven, as you just said there. Yeah, all about education, isn't that's it? That's, that's going to be the key, isn't it, for sustainability anyway, for people actually maintaining it and not having to keep coming back for more. Because at the end of the day, it's if you are said just given a structured meal plan and people are just monkey see, monkey do. It, it, it's only going to work for that that month or two months you're on the plan. The moment you leave, if you haven't been, if you're not a person who wants to ask why, I mean, you like you said earlier in the podcast, you said you asked why at one point. You're like, what, why am I even doing this? And that's what got you into this thing in the first place. But if people haven't got the confidence to ask why, they're going to finish that block uh, and then probably go back to where they were, or they're going to have to pay again to go back on the block, and it's an endless cycle. So yeah, I think as you said, education being at the forefront is going to be, um, you know might make a massive impact just like training it's the same with nutrition as well the goal is the goal is to make ourselves obsolete you know exactly what you said katrina you know it's about teaching you the way basically you know if if we're picking you up and carrying you the whole time you're never going to learn how to actually do it yourself you know we're not there to pick you up and carry you we're there to kind of stand by your side and just point and guide the way and i've noticed like especially over the last like year or two especially those like fitness influencers they there's lots of people that are getting frustrated with them because they're not sharing their meal plans anymore or they're not sharing their macro breakdown and it's like really starting to start the conversation of like you can't just monkey see monkey do it and you're not learning anything from this and i i'm pumped to see that the industry is changing in the aspect of here you go here's your plate of whatever to we need to educate so I can guarantee you most of the Instagram-styled food you see anyway kind of gets thrown straight into the trash afterwards anyway after the photo's taken. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All for the gram. It's a bit more complicated in the UK as well because in regards to trainers, we are technically not legally supposed to actually even make meal plans for people unless we're registered dietitians. Dietitian. Even as a nutritionist, I believe. Mm-hmm. Well, I could be wrong on that. Hmm. No, 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 it's the same for us here. And it's like really dependent on your yeah. level of education. Like I technically cannot prescribe a meal plan. Like I can't be like, here you go. And like, that's totally fine by me. I can give meal ideas. I can give like a menu. I like call them like menus. I'll give them like an array of like what it could potentially look like, but I can't just prescribe. Yeah. Or even like a template. A template is absolutely fine for people. I'd say, say, look, if you were to separate, you know, a plate into this and you just say look so here you'd have your protein here you'd have your leafy greens or say your vegetables you know and then here you have like your starchy kind of carbs you want to go that way and you can kind of mix and mash and throw your own and before you know it, you're making things like burritos and all sorts in the day yeah a template gives people more that learning aspect whilst actually kind of guide them a little bit more until they understand it themselves yeah Okay, guys, we'll move on to uh, my one now. So, oh, I forgot about you, Bill. Fucking hell. Well, you better pipe down, mate. I'll bring your deadlift back up again, right? <laughs> Someone's got to lift uh, up. <laughs> were you guys listening when we had Andy on the podcast as a third host? Did you listen to any of those ones? Yeah. yeah. Okay, right. So my, my question is then, be very careful of how you answer this. Right, okay. So what I know is, out, out of the... Th- he's getting his golf club, right? So you've got me, you've got Tom, and you've got Andy. Who's the best? Oh! <laughs> damn it! <laughs> Andy, because he's not here, and then I don't yeah. feel bad. Oh, ah, yeah. you've just you've just told us that's your cop out answer. I mean, you that that is a really politician's answer. That yeah, <laughs> very, taught me how to be political. Yeah, This is very uncult behavior. You know, it was just, it just will not do. You're not allowed on the UFO now. <laughs> <laughs> Planet of Fitness is out of it. To be polite. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
So Kat, what you're trying to say is that the podcast is now shit that he's left. Is that what you're saying? That is not what I said. You put those words in my mouth. You made an assumption. It sounds like it. I'm just, I'm just saying you said you, he was your favourite, but you, you know, he's not here. So what? You said it, we've gone downhill. Is that what you're trying to say? It's not what I said. If you <laughs> well, want to take offense to this, that's on you. You want to spiral this, that's on you. I can't I, take that. I, you see, I would have personally worded your question a lot more different, Bill. You know, I would have said like, you know, out of me, yourself, and Andy, you know, with all the Sex and the City characters, who is who? Because you know, you're definitely like a Miranda <laughs> type, you know, etc. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. Oh. That's what I'd say. Or say if we were friends, characters, who's Ross? <laughs> you know, etc. That's a good point. Actually, who would you be? Yeah. I mean, I don't know who you'd actually be. You'd probably be what's the um what's the little gumpher in it? The little one in the cafe. The little weird oh, motherfucker. <laughs> I reckon you'd be him. The little weird one, behind making coffees, like hitting on Rachel all the time. Do you know what? I do like coffees, and I, I, I do like Jennifer Aniston. To be fair, so yeah, actually, yeah, crack on. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Is that just a you know? If I dyed my hair bleach blonde, I've just realised I would look like him as well. Yeah, you would. What do you think, guys? Would you reckon there, that, there's your YouTube that, snippet. That's actually really no, good. that's yeah. that's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're not a fan of our YouTube channel, yeah, have a look because that's definitely going to be there. Great bit of Photoshop work. We're going to turn Tom <laughs> into the, into a friend's character. Got to throw yourself under the bus sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that's uh, that's been a lot of fun. That that's been really good having you guys. Mm, I enjoy on. that, guys. Especially as you guys listen. So probably... thank you, guys. No, you're welcome. Awesome being uh, part of the show now. Yeah. Yeah. God damn. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll fly across the pond now that we're allowed to do that, and we'll come work out with you guys. We love. Yeah, be good. The UK. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We were in. Where were we? We were in. Oh, we were in like Paris and Lisbon and stuff when the world locked down. So. We almost yeah. did, but healthcare. <laughs> yeah, you've got to come over. I mean, I've got to buy the insurance for the UFO. You know, that's going to take some time <laughs> to kind of get together, you know. And uh, Joe, you know what? Mike, you've got experience pre-workout on, you know, aircraft. So, you know, we've found our driver <laughs> bill. Do you drive an air? Do you drive a UFO or do you fly it? I don't know. I don't know. Do you drive a plane? Do you fly a plane? <laughs> yeah. Okay, it's just taking me back to an argument I had with my missus ages ago. Do you drive a boat? Or do you sail a boat, even if it's got an engine on it? Conversation for a different time, I think. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a different episode. Yeah. Um, but no, guys, it's been, it's been a pleasure having you on, uh, and I'm sure I'll speak to you all again very soon. <laughs> awesome. Nice meeting you guys. guys. Have a good day. As always, thanks for listening. If you are listening to this on the week of release, just to let you know, we are going on a two-week break now, so our next episode will drop on the 30th of August. Remember, if you are enjoying the show, please share it far and wide, whether that's through leaving reviews or sharing it on social media. Oh, and if you do share it, please make sure you tag us so that we can uh, respond appropriately. Basically, the more we grow, the bigger and better this podcast can be, and that's going to be great for everyone involved. So yeah, thank you all for tuning in week after week, and we hope to keep delivering that same great content that brings you back every single week. So yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks, same time, same place, for a brand new episode. See you soon.